I may just, I'm just going to probably let this roll. It'll just roll through. But we use video, um, what we consider nonverbal training. These students actually spoke very good English, but uh, in many countries we don't have that uh, advantage. And so uh, we use nonverbal videos that really help them learn by seeing. And uh, that's an example of the chairs we use out in the field, and we show them how to, to set up and tear those chairs down. Uh, you can see those out on the floor. They're at the iTech booth and the Empower booth. Uh, those are available. Um, right off the bat, I mean, second day, they're giving each other injections. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always kind of humorous. <laughs> I mean, I remember that day back in middle school. <laughs> um, but it's very hands-on, and uh, these students will pick this up very quickly. It's, uh, it's amazing how, uh, how quickly they pick up the information. And constantly throughout the day, throughout the training, we are quizzing them and, and reinforcing what we're teaching going back and forth. This is actually in our clinical setting here where we've set up four chairs there. And for those of you that have been on mission trips, you know the crowds that gather whenever, whenever a medical team is there. This, that was just a picture of some of the crowds that were there. Um, and, 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 of course, that was a pastor uh, speaking to that crowd, doing some evangelism while they were waiting to be seen. Um, I'm going to come back to that slide in, in a little bit, but just quickly, I've got to get going here. Um, we, right off the bat, we go over universal precautions. That is so stressed with what we are doing. We do, you know, this is in Africa, we all know the problem with HIV, AIDS, and, and so right off the bat, we're telling, teaching these students how to be safe for their, themselves and their families and for their patients. And so that is something that we stress. We go through basic dental anatomy, local anesthetic techniques, their instrumentation, what's involved with that. Um, we have them memorize the instruments they're using and, and uh, which uh, forcep uh, is required to remove a, a particular tooth. We emphasize sterilization, and that was that, uh, that pressure pot you saw earlier. That's the system we're using out in the field, and it's a great system because it it's not dependent upon electricity. We use just the fire. Uh, and in that case, it's some type of a coal uh, to heat that up and sterilize the instruments. We go over tray setup, of course, the tooth removal procedures, how to do that, and uh, uh, emphasize also what if they do run across complications, how do they manage that. And uh, once we get out into the clinical setting, we have them do health histories, informed consent, and we, we, we stress to these students, you don't have to take everything out that comes through the door. You know, be smart. And we, we tell them some things to avoid because we want them to build good experiences. And uh, then, after they've been doing this for a while, well, maybe they can tackle uh, some harder cases, just like, you know, just like us here. Um, we uh, go through the case selection, like I said, and, uh, of course, demonstrate how to remove teeth, um, we show them how to set up their sterilization table and all and, and so that they can do that consistently and know what they can touch, what they can't touch. Um, and then another thing that I think is really critical in our program is that we stress that two students need to work together. That's what we prefer. It doesn't always happen, but you know, two heads are better than one, as the saying goes. And sometimes when you're learning something new, if you have a buddy there with you, if you get into a problem, hey, maybe the other person will remember something that was taught or said that can get you out of a, a tight spot if necessary. Um, 
something that I appreciate about, I, I see Charlie Vitato in the back. He led this team, and uh, one of the things he stressed is clinical excellence. We are not going to compromise with the excellence that we strive for, not only for the patients, but for our Lord. We want That is so important as part of this program. Um, and just briefly, uh, sustainability is a word that's been thrown around a lot here at the uh, at this missions conference. I went to, I think, a course yesterday about that. Um, we do strive to have this ministry be something that is sustainable for them. It, in a sense, it's like a small business for these people as, as they're learning. Um, uh, we do have them or recommend to them that they charge a small fee so that they can replenish their supplies. They need to be able to maintain their equipment and buy new supplies. And while we're there on the ground, we try to find out what they have that's available in that country. So we make sure that that's going to work for them so that they don't have to be dependent on outside sources to keep this ministry going. So that's something that's very important. Um, and just in closing, I want to say that um, on this particular trip, the, the week after we finished our training, this team of, of six students went on with the medical team that we were partnered with that, that week. They went on to another site and uh, uh, helped, helped dental clinic that week. And I think I got these numbers right. Uh, they, uh, they saw about 200 patients during that week, removed about 230 teeth without complication, and uh, 21 people received the Lord, so that is a blessing. Uh, at this time, Tom McKechnie is going to come up and share about how these different modules that have been developed, how he uses them on, in the field in the medical aspect. I can, I can develop it here without this. Welcome. My name is Tom McKechnie. I'm an ER doctor here at uh, uh, Louisville. I work in one of the hospitals and teach at the university. And I've had the opportunity to. Uh, let's see. We'll get all hooked up here. So, um, my journey through missions has been uh, for, for many years in the emergency department. I always wondered where the Lord was in all these ugly things that I saw. And uh, he uh, one day gave me a, a very uh, distinct answer. Uh, kind of, I call my Job moment. Not that I suffered like Job, but his answer was, um, how dare you ask me, where, where am I in this uh, mission field that I've given you in the emergency department? Where were you when I've given you the opportunity to witness to all these people who are suffering uh, and tell them my story? So... From that point on, um, this led me into missions, and um, I've had the opportunity to travel uh, to Haiti, Afghanistan, and, and uh, led many teams to Kenya uh, and, and Africa in general. So uh, when I was in Haiti, I saw thousands of people in line with horrific injuries, and uh, in Afghanistan, I had a physician tell me he had a young man step on a mine and uh, lost his leg, and he's lost his life because they couldn't stop the bleeding. Uh, and in Haiti, we treated many, many wounds. And about two days into this trip, I thought, what is going to happen when we leave? Because this is a huge relief effort. And I thought, we have to teach somebody how to take care of these wounds. So the seed was planted in me that uh, we need to do, some, do teaching and empower the local indigenous population. So then how I incorporated that into my medical teams, I usually walk around here in the... Uh, display area and try and partner. Every year I try and add something to my team. And at one particular time, I, 
I uh, saw the Empower module and uh, Dr. Charlie Vitito. I've heard all about his wonderful dental uh, ministry that he has. So we partnered on a trip, and I was working in the medical clinic, and I saw uh, how the dental uh, module was working. And within three days, I saw these pastors witnessing, and I saw them pulling teeth, and I thought, well, how wonderful that is. We, uh, how can we integrate that into the medical module? So my last trip, uh, or the last few trips I've taken, uh, we have been working on medical modules. Um, I partnered again with a dentist, and it was uh, a wonderful trip because the dentist that went with me to teach Charlie's uh, module was a young man that I've known since he was five years old. And my first day when we landed, I ate a Tootsie Roll uh, and popped a cap off. And I said, oh, really? This is good. And then I thought, but I have a dentist with me. So he, he took me aside, and I was his first dental patient. So... And it was, it was pretty neat that uh, all these years I've been taking care of him, putting sutures in him, and he was able to fix my tooth right there. So I always travel with Dennis now. So, but, uh, so fast forward now to Sudan. We just got back a couple weeks ago, and we've been uh, piloting these modules. And uh, I really believe this is only the tip of the iceberg for the Empower modules. I think we can use it with medical, eye. Uh, we have all sorts of things, waterborne illness. So we, we were working on the wound module. And uh, we had our didactic training following in Charlie's uh, um, uh, model of, of how, the, how to teach. And then we went off and uh, had our didactic course and, and started seeing patients. And it was amazing to me how quickly these pastors could learn how to take care of wounds. We saw many wounds that were in Sudan. And, uh, but we have our funny moments during the clinic. Uh, I was teaching them how a pneumonia sounds with a stethoscope. And the way they teach us in medical school is you take the stethoscope, put it near your, ha- your hair, and, and just rub against your hair, and it's that crackling sound. So after I taught him that, after I usually teach, I'd have them get up and teach. So I looked over, and he had the stethoscope. He had it in the air, and he was rubbing his head over here. Uh, so all, all the students started laughing, but they, they were a- actually getting it. But... Uh, Fast forward a couple of days, and uh, as we were leaving after teaching this module, um, there was a person who was in a motorcycle wreck who came in with with a nasty wound injury, and they came running to me and said, what do we do? And I said, well, what do we do? I've been teaching them for two days how to to take histories, examine the wounds. And so I stepped back and watched this gentleman who had the stethoscope in the air gently pray with his patient, anesthetize this wound, clean it, debride it, and by the end of it, it looked absolutely gorgeous, and I never said one word to him. So uh, the look on his face when he, uh, he he looked at me was very touching. You know, he, he kind of says, you have given me this gift that I, that I prayed about. And the empowerment piece at that point to give him the ability to treat this wound, uh, witness to his patient, and uh, glorify God and all that was – and he used, he used this module to do it. So we have a lot of work to do on it. Uh, we, uh, we have uh, – this is kind of a dynamic process, so I, I presented this work. We, we saw how one of the fields were, were reworking it now, but I can see this with uh, wound modules, with eye ministry, with uh, waterborne illness. Uh, we took in a solar team uh, in Sudan, and uh, what they did, they set up a huge solar panel, and we had two to set up. They taught the entire time, and then the second panel the indigenous Sudanese uh, lost boys of Sudan built this entire solar module and now own this thing. They know how to use it. They actually, you know, uh, things were happening as we were putting it together and had little problems to solve, and they did it all. So this works. I'm very excited about uh, what God has planned for these modules, and I'm so blessed to be part of Empower and Charlie's vision to use dental that uh, placed this uh, this 
door that is wide open now for medical, and we're going to start using this uh, as we develop these modules. So um, God willing, uh, we'll have some of these for, uh, uh, for teaching, and above all, uh, as the Lord teaches us, to love uh, him with all of our hearts and to love one another. And I think uh, there's no better way to love someone than to empower them. Uh, and uh, in Sudan, it's such a blessing because uh, we went in with a massive clinic of 1,000, and as we left, and I watched him clean this wound, there's a medical clinic seeing 300 patients a week. They're charging a small fee for sustainability. There's a physician, nurse practitioner working there. The medical supplies come in. Uh, I look over, and there's a dental clinic Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. We now have the solar. We have a school curriculum that we've taught. And all of this is empowerment and teaching. And this model works. And uh, I can tell you that uh, I think the Lord is opening this door wide open for all of us to be involved. So uh, the days of going and doing and leaving nothing behind uh, are, as you can see from the lectures in this, in this uh, conference, are gone. And we are to go and teach and glorify God in that. So I, I, I want to cut short because I've heard Daniel speak before. He was one of our plenary speakers a couple of years ago. He is so inspirational, and I didn't want to cut into his time. So he's a blessing to me, and uh, I, I, I welcome Daniel. Uh, thank you very thank much. You. I think, uh, oh, geez, I'm so I am not good with electronics. I always have tech people with me too on my trip. So. <laughs> thank you very much. Even you have troubles with this. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I don't think I am. <laughs> I don't even have notes. Um, but um, I, I think uh, everybody has a memory of life and those that came uh, into his life, and I think one of the people around the globe that inspired me uh, to have boldness and passion in really empowering is actually Dr. Charlie Vatito. Uh, when he came, I was uh, a Thomas. It was it was just well, you know what. Um, if anybody wants to know the reason why I said that, I would be after the session because I would like uh, you people to ask questions later, but there are some few things. and uh, Thank you so much for the team here. Jack also, he has been evading us. We want him to come and empower us in leadership and management. At one point, uh, Linda <laughs> didn't, but we are still praying that. And Tina, thank you so much uh, for being with us and uh, coming up with the team up there. But I think, like Dr. Tom was saying, um, absolutely is practical. These things is helpful to us on the field. And uh, there are four things that this does to national believers four dynamic things that advance the cause of the kingdom and get people saved. I think the reason of our living is to get people saved. 
And I think in power, I have never seen anything as powerful as this when it comes because the world have changed. Missions have changed. Now, if you go, for example, to West Africa, where I live, and with your color, it might amaze you that you can never go there and just start to evangelize with no reason. You can't appear in a village and start talking about the gospel. I mean, it will look odd. All right? Now, what this does is, first of all, it gives identity. Just like you know, you cannot go there. The Africa has a, a rich culture. In Nigeria alone, there are 450 distinct languages with over 750 ethnic groups. Each one is a different culture, different belief, different setting. In fact, if you move to another culture, it's like you are completely outside that country. Now, so what, what, what Empower does, what this uh, program does uh, to nationals is that it creates and gives identity. Now, they won't question you why you are there when you know this. And that really uh, gives you a cover. The second thing this does is that it gives you acceptability. You are meeting a felt need. And Jesus Christ did ministry in context of meeting a felt need. So it's a very biblical uh, model. The effects are just much. The third thing that this uh, Empower does, this kind of models that uh, Dr. Tom just told us about, uh, we charge. <laughs> we really charge. I wish we can charge more. So that not only, because you see, the nationals pay much higher to unqualified people that are ruthless in pulling their teeth. At least uh, we are far better, you know, uh, doing it hygienically and very well, you know, uh, caring, you know. And I think we should, they should pay us to even fund our mission work among them. So we are looking at the way, we are charging a little bit now. The reason is because we are also using them to learn. So as we develop and we become proficient, we charge higher. You know, so it creates sustainability. I mean, uh, in streams in the desert, we don't ask you to come because you are going to be paid. You come to give your service to advance the kingdom of God. If God bless us, we got something, then you had something. If otherwise, but with this now, you know, it's like a tent making. So it creates sustainability and reduces the burden on the ministry uh, to go and look out for salaries to pay for workers. So the more we can multiply it, the better. And, you know, uh, I was in Cape Town, Lausanne, uh, Cape Town, and uh, uh, we had exposition on efficiency. One of the most greatest highlights I had was an exposition by John Piper 
on truth. The truth of the gospel. And he said it's both ways. You will never neglect physical need in context of delivery of the gospel. Neither should you neglect the delivery. I, I like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, the, 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 the talk la- last night where it says we should call people to repentance. You cannot go uh, with compassionate uh, uh, health matters, delivery of health matters, not including the presentation of the gospel. Because they have more problem than their toothache or their eyeache. They have more problem than that. They have a lot deeper, deeper, grievous problem. Oh my. They are heading to hell. I always go and meet these people. I pass them. I give, you are in pain of toothache and you cannot sleep because of toothache. Now, you won't sleep in hell. Forever and ever and ever. So which one is better? I better present the remedy for sin and repentance and you get to heaven than give you a, a solution for teeth. But we do that to bring a, a acceptability and, and, and compassion just like Jesus did in context. I think I have finished if there is any. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, um, all right. But uh, it's very, very helpful. And uh, thank you very, very much for this model. If you people are considering, if there is, when I, be, I became a believer in 1979, 17th September, I'm from an Islamic background. When I began to inquire about the truth of the kingdom, I came through a leper. You know leper? Because he's rejected in the society. Nobody will ask questions. For me, uh, when I am asking the questions, let me tell you what this model also does. Um, this leopard introduced me to Christianity. And three years later, I go to always the rejected people of the society. I went and I met a blind man that knows how to read a braille. The leper has died. And uh, Dr. Vetito, if you come by the grace of God, I'm inviting the old man, the blind man, that led me to Christ during our anniversary. He is still alive. He, he did that. I went to ask him question. The reason I gave those examples is, in context of doing this work, you don't see a patient, all right, in public. You see one patient at a time. Now, what we discovered is that that is an opportunity for those that have questions about Christianity to open up secretly to you as you walk on them. We have experienced this. There is one uh, Islamic cleric. And, uh, you know, uh, most in the northern Nigeria is Sharia law. They don't want male to touch their wives. They always prefer the ladies to do that. But the wife, for two days, she couldn't sleep. 
and she heard about the imam heard about our staff he decided to go and look out for a christian to touch his wife than a muslim public uh, dental worker he took him right into his house and he our staff was very successful in pulling the teeth and now a relationship has developed the gospel has presented uh, to that imam and to that family we have no power to convert anybody is the working of the holy spirit but only eternity could reveal it's not just empowering physically no you empower people to affect god's kingdom see it beyond the physical ability that you give the actual empowerment is the ability of the national to go beyond where they could ordinarily have access to in presenting the gospel and i think i, I want to look at it that way my time is up so thank you <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, questions. We have 10 minutes um, for you to ask questions of any of the people who spoke. And everything that we do is sustainable. You know, it just takes water. <clears throat> yes, over here. Okay. Microphone. Oh. <laughs> this isn't actually a microphone, is it? Yeah. This is too? Wow. <laughs> okay. All right, so do we have another question? Yes. The best way for you to learn how the module works is to come on a trip with us. And then <clears throat> once you've kind of come on one or two trips with us, we consider you to be a certified trainer so that you could lead the next trip that we go on. We'd love for you to do that. Are you a dentist? No, but I know dentists. Okay, well, I want to talk to them. <laughs> okay, yeah, and that'd be great. We would love to have a contact with a dentist who would be interested. In the back, you had a question? Okay, did everyone hear the question? It, it concerns the legal issue of doing what we do. And every country is different, and every ministry that we partner with is different. There are basically two approaches. You can go in and start doing this good work in the name of Christ, and when the government officials ask you about it, you can say, ask our patients, see if we've done any good. Or you can go straight to the government and say, this is what we want to do, what do you think? And we leave that approach to the ministry. But basically... Brother Daniel, the question is, how do you how do you respond to the government, or how has the government responded to you? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
two things. Um, not only in Nigeria, but if you want to do some things in a public and they see the West in, most of the opposition is political. No, you, you understand it because the people that are in need really want it. So what you want to do, don't come out to speak on behalf of the people. Establish with your contact that they should consider this. And the best way approach, if you do not have papers, is always, if it, were, if it is in Africa, all right, always seek to go and just greet the ruler within that community as you go. Before you start anything, tell your contact you just want to greet him. You will feel very well respected. Now, if the rest of the politicians are trying to... Usually they get annoyed because... Not that they don't also want it, but they want to use it for political purposes, to say that they are the ones that brought these people to do this to the community so they can have added vote. So the the opposition is actually um, not uh, real. Uh, it's pantheon opposition. They are doing it with a hidden agenda in. But best, as we found out, is to tell the national, if you are going to a country, have just one base through a church or through a Christian. They have this uh, Christian Medical and Dental Association, right? In any country in Africa, I found out that you can use them and practice in any country from them. Yeah, at least in West Africa you can do that. You don't need a special permit. So in case the nationals could not deliver, then you might want to look at the association. From the international association, then you can come in uh, from that because the other people would look like rivalry like the uh, Association of uh, uh, Dental Associ Practicing Dental Association that charge for market, they will not like such kind of things there because it will reduce their marketability. So you need to, there are a lot of dynamics to it, but from my own perspective, where you can use a national to get the government papers, usually it, has, it doesn't cost much. Usually, it costs, usually it will cost less than $100 in all of West African countries that I know. So it's not a much. Get the authority, authoritative paper, but also uh, try and connect with a legal person in country. My advice would be don't engage the nationals or the authority of the nationals. It is political. You want to abstain from that. So you, you want the locals to answer. You can guide the locals on what the locals can do, what your expectation, and how they can protect themselves legally. But don't directly deal with them. We were forming, we formed a, a, a clinic in Jaws at one point. Before we know it, a local authority who is a believer, a Christian, uh, drop and he said, hey, we can't do it. So now, the community came, these people came, and the community now wants to go 
they really want to uh, fight the government officials, so they left. You know, so uh, if you leave it with the community, I think is is much much better. I will add one more thing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, thank you. I will add one more thing. Um, not everyone that we, not everyone that we train, <laughs> graduates from our program. Because we have very high standards, and if they can't meet our standards, then they don't actually graduate from the program. And when we do graduate you, you get a certificate that says you have gone through the Community Dental Health Worker Program. And it, it means the world to these people. You're talking about the self-esteem and the, their standing in the community. When they have that piece of paper, it means, it means the world to them. <clears throat> Sorry, Dr. Steve? Yes, uh, mine is a comment. I noticed that you haven't mentioned anything about the dental hygiene and preventive teaching that you, you do together with this legal team. Okay. Because when you, uh, when you present it, it appears that all the team does is pull out teeth, but I know that there is more to it. That's true. Okay, the, the question is, um, he noticed that I didn't say anything about the dental hygiene portion of the Empower Dental Training. Um, and, of course, your teeth should last a lifetime. Uh, but what we found is, especially in developing nations, that it's better to teach the dental extractions, and after about six or nine months or a year of our practitioners extracting teeth all day, every day, they think, wait, isn't there something we could do to help these people keep their teeth? And then we go in and teach dental hygiene. In the original, in the training of the dentist, we do teach oral health instruction, brushing and flossing and a little bit about gingivitis and the progress of gum disease. But we don't teach them how to clean teeth until they ask for that procedure. Yeti? Okay, so Yeti's concern is how do how do we the students function after we leave it as far as resupplying things, instruments. Um, when we're in country, we ask the ministry to make sure that everything we have is resupplyable. And so when they bring it to us, we can assess it and adjust whatever we need to adjust. The last time we were there, we go in with carpules for the anesthetic. They don't have carpules in Uganda. They had the little vials, and so they had to readjust and, and tell the students, this is what you have available, and it will work fine, but here's how you use this different product. And instruments, well, almost every country there is access to instruments, and we have contact with our um, students after we leave. So if there actually is an instrument they run out of, we can bring it to them or send it to them if they have to. But we rarely do one module at a time. <clears throat> uh, we like to do three modules, which would cover six students, which would be three sets of instruments. So they can share those instruments. They, they would have enough. Okay, I'm getting the sign that we're finished here, but one quick question. The question is, are we in China? The answer is, no, we want to go there. So if you have a partnership that you would like to form with us. Okay, yes, I'd love to talk to you. Okay, 
I think we're finished. Um, the speakers were Dr. Jeff Montgomery, Dr. Tom McKechnie, and Brother Daniel. So if you have more questions, find them out in the hall and you can ask them. Or you can ask me too. I'm Linda. Thank you for coming.